I would say the main mission of the ECIA is to provide an environment for all constituents of the uh, component industry association to have a voice, to have a voice to, to bring together uh, the needs of each one and bubble this up into what will make uh, this industry and um, the constituents of the industry much more efficient, much more aware, and much more ready for the, the changes that are going to happen, which will continue as we see supplier consolidation, as we see distribution consolidation. Connect. Influence. Optimize. You're listening to The Channel Channel, a podcast for executives and others involved in the authorized sale of electronic components. Brought to you by the ECIA, the Electronic Component Industry Association. Working to promote and improve the authorized distribution channel. Welcome to episode one of the Channel Channel. This is Bill Bradford with the ECIA, the president and CEO, and we're pleased to be launching this new format, uh, which we intend to uh, come out with a new episode every couple of weeks. And uh, we use, really use it as an opportunity to educate uh, on industry issues as well as uh, keep you up to date on what the association is working on. It's also an opportunity to get to know the various executive members and different companies of ECIA. So I really want to encourage everyone to go to iTunes and subscribe to the channel channel uh, so you can get the regular podcasts. Also, uh, for more information, you can go to ecianow.org. And I'm pleased to welcome our first guest on the channel channel. Episode one guest appropriately is our board chair, Jeff Thompson. Jeff is the Vice President of Channel Sales for On Semiconductor. Jeff, really glad to have you here today. Well, great, Bill. Great. I'm glad to be here as well. Good. Well, this is going to be a little fun. You know, what we're trying to do with these podcasts is get to know some of our members, but also learn a little bit more about the member companies and also um, what the ECIA is working on overall. So first, I guess, just in terms of getting to know you, we came up with one question we want to ask all of our guests. So we'll start with that, which is, what is your favorite word? My favorite word. Boy, that is a good question. Uh, get it done, I guess, would be the phrase that I like the most. Get but my favorite word that I mostly use is, uh, uh, what, you know, that's a really good question. That's hard to, uh, to answer. I like a lot of different words. So. All right. We'll go uh, get it done. All right. We'll, we'll say golf. How about that? That's hey. my favorite word. <laughs> I like that. All right, so it, it, just in terms of uh, getting to know you a little better, why don't you tell the listeners where you grew up and a little about oh, your childhood. Oh, great. Okay, so I was born in El Paso, Texas. Uh, my dad was in the Army. Actually, uh, um, uh, he was away overseas when I was born. Uh, moved back to Dayton, Ohio, where my parents were from. Grew up in Dayton, Ohio until I was about uh, 30 years old and then had an opportunity with the current company that I was working for at the time to move to California. Uh, moved to California, went from there to Belgium, and after that, came here to Phoenix, Arizona, where I've been for the last 17 years. Awesome. And uh, just, in this, again, in the spirit of getting to know more about you, what, what are your favorite pastimes? I guess I can guess one based on your favorite word. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so, I do love to play golf. I live in the Valley of Golf. It's uh, actually a mecca for it, which is awesome. Um, I love all kinds of sports. Um, but the things I like to do myself as far as participation, obviously, is golf. I like to auto race. Uh, that is one of my pastimes, autocrossing. 
And I also like to do long range precision rifle shooting. So that is a uh, sport that I've got into out here, which is uh, quite fun. Shooting from 600 to 1,000 yards is not as easy as it seems. And uh, it's quite challenging, but it's a, a lot of fun. So. Yeah, it doesn't seem easy to me. <laughs> Great. Uh, well, so, so talk a little bit about how you got into the industry to begin with. Wow, that's a good question. That's something you could probably answer. <laughs> but, uh, um, in 2002, I was uh, in Europe at the time running. Uh, I was the president of sales and operations for a Israeli software company and was given the opportunity to come to a company in Phoenix, Arizona called On Semiconductor at that time. Uh, On was going through a bit of uh, change management as far as where the company was at, what needed to be done. And so I was invited uh, to come over and run the EMS sales group. I was uh, heavily involved in that uh, in my uh, job that I had currently. And that's what got me into the industry. And it was very interesting because I was told that I was going to leave a very lucrative, very high margin software uh, um, participation as far as my job is concerned and come to an area where you could sell very, very low cost devices, have to sell a lot of them. And the work starts after you get the PEO, not before. Mm-hmm. And so it was a quite a different environment, but that was the opportunity that I got. And I could go into much more on that, but uh, I'll leave it at that. So you came in running EMS and it, tell us a little about your, your current role now with heading up global channel sales. Yeah, so um, with On Semiconductor, there's three different channels to market. There is the OEMs, which we handle mostly in a direct fashion. Uh, there is the EMS, which is the Electronic Manufacturing Services Company, which is where I had my forte before. And then obviously the distribution channel, which uh, On leverages heavily. When I came in, I was given the opportunity to be the uh, director of BMS. And then shortly after that, uh, through organizational changes that were going on with On, I was given the opportunity to be the um, VP of global channel sales, which encompasses both the EMS and the distribution channel. And so to correct you from before, my role is actually global channel sales. I can't say I'm global sales. My boss would probably get a little bit upset over that, but, uh, but that's, that was my role. Uh, after a period of time, because the, the channel sales for the distribution side was growing so fast and becoming such an important piece of our company, they moved the EMS to another organization. So my role as global channel sales is global distribution sales uh, for on as it is today. Great. So uh, for, for our listeners, maybe just a little more detail about OnSemi. What, what are the types of products and markets that you serve? Wow, that's a good question. We serve a little bit of everything. Uh, where the history of On is uh, in power management. As you can understand, our logo is On. It's like the On-Off switch. But over the years, our portfolio has greatly expanded through the 14 different acquisitions that we have done. Uh, just to give you a breadth and scope, of our company, we have 80,000 different SKUs that we sell. We have over 50 different business units in which we have to serve as far as the sales department. And last year we delivered over 90 billion units uh, annually as far as products to our customer base. Our customer base is about 150,000 different customers at this point in time. And so we are a very, very broad line global company in virtually every application that you can think of. Fantastic. So uh, let's, let's shift a little into the association. I know you, you've been involved with, with ECI for a long time, but, but maybe start with just how you initially got involved. Well, I was asked by my boss at the time to, uh, to look at uh, getting into an organization that uh, 
was thriving and uh, that we should participate in. Back then, obviously, it was NIDA. This was back in 2004. And when I came into the organization, I was part of the foundation board. Uh, and through the years, I've been able to rotate through various uh, opportunities within the ECIA, uh, which has, uh, I thought, brought great, great benefit to our organization and allowed us to do a number of different things. I've been through the, uh, the integration of ECA into uh, the NIDA organization, which became the ECIA as it is today, and then had the opportunity to be in the position I am at this point, which is chairman of the board. And uh, it's been very exciting and I enjoyed the participation. And I believe that we've gotten a lot accomplished over the last uh, at least 15 years that I've been part of the organization. Great, why don't you share some of those accomplishments that you think have been really good value for the members? Well, I think, you know, over the, over the time frame, I think that uh, we had um, the first survey that was done on the value of distribution, which allowed uh, manufacturers and so forth to really uh, show a cost to serve on where the value of distribution is and why it would be relevant for them to use a channel to market like distribution. Uh, obviously, they need a registration form. Uh, there have been other uh, numerous standards and best practices that the organization has developed and have become a standard within the industry. And I'm going to say not just in North America, but on a, on a global level. If you look at the registration format today, how the need of form, as people call it, have been utilized, it's utilized globally. It's utilized globally by manufacturers and recognized by other distributors who might not even be part of the organization as a standard practice for registrations. Great. So a rich history of deliverables. How about more recently in the past year, what would you say some of the greater accomplishments of the association have been? Well, I think that the association has done some uh, major changes and some other things that I think are going to allow the organization to be much more nimble and really focus on uh, today's environment, where we need to go in the, in the future. Um, I think, you know, the first one was the reorganization uh, that ECI went through with developing the councils, uh, having a rep distributor and manufacturers council that can allow the constituency in each to work on what really matters to them, along with having joint council participation together to work on items that bubble up through this to uh, that really impact the entire organization, the entire industry has been very, very good. It allows for uh, very, very quick decisions, uh, allows for manufacturers to focus on specific things that they want to without it bogging down the entire organization. And I think there's been uh, great things that have happened as far as that is concerned. Um, I think the work on the tariffs uh, really once this kicked in and how it impacted everyone uh, the idea of trying to understand how to deal with the tariffs. What does it mean? Uh, what is it going to mean to try to uh, uh, work with uh, either establishing uh, free trade zones or how do we pass the cost through or who is going to handle this? There was a lot of different opinions about this. And I think uh, through uh, several areas that the GIPC has worked on really allowed us to enable that also. Um, what I like is how we revamped the, um, the website. I think the website really is very, very rich in uh, content. It's rich in uh, information. It's something that uh, people that are in the organization or even outside the organization should go out to because it keeps up with current events, it keeps up with standards, it keeps up with a number of different scenarios as far as this ever-changing industry that we're in right now. Um, the good thing, I think, is that we also, because of the attractiveness of the ECIA, uh, where our membership is at an all-time high. It really, really is, has grown, and while we'd like to continue to grow it and also invite people that are outside of North America to possibly participate in this, I think it's been very, very good. 
Um, our executive conferences are very, very good. I, I think people really enjoy the networking environment. They enjoy the speakers that are there. It becomes very, very relevant in regards to uh, current topics and what is being looked at for the next year. And uh, we're at all-time levels of uh, participation as far as that is concerned. Uh, EDS, which is very historical and very rich in, in history, has become quite the standard for uh, the industry to get together and have very efficient meeting processes, good networking scenarios, and uh, being able to catch up uh, almost on a mid-year review type of environment for the time frame that it's in. Um, I think that uh, our recent launch of the blockchain initiative is going to be very exciting. Uh, while this is an unknown technology for a lot of different people, the way that we're going about it is going to allow people to easily try to adopt it and test it without having extensive expenses and development that have to go into that particular scenario. Um, just our, our, our work on standards and um, environmental situations and a number of different things. I think the GIPC has been phenomenal and will continue to provide great value as far as where we're at. And then also our standards group. I think uh, what the standards group has provided in the past and some of the things that we're trying to do uh, moving forward into the future are going to provide very good value for all constituents within uh, the organization. That's a big list. So. It is a big list. We, and to be quite honest with you, it's hard to list everything that, uh, that we have going on. We have many other initiatives that are being tackled uh, at this point in time. Besides blockchain, I think one of the very important ones, uh, particularly for the reps, is the B2B uh, data exchange uh, initiatives that they're putting in place that will allow for easy transfer of information into various systems between distributors and the manufacturers. A bit like ResentaNet has provided uh, between manufacturers and distributors today. This is going to be very important for the rep community as far as their ability to do this. Um, and then uh, I think the DTM development, I think something that allows us to develop an understanding for everyone within the organization on, on a high-level DTAM uh, positions in the various regions. While there's a, a good uh, scenario in Europe with DMAS, we need to have this for Americas, and certainly we'd like to extend that into the, uh, into the um, Asia South Pacific and China and also Japan environment if possible, okay? Um, I think the distribution branch training, which the reps are bringing up also is very, very important. The idea of having some sort of consistent format that everyone follows that makes it much easier for the distributors to uh, have suppliers and reps engage with them in a format that's not all over the place. You can, you know, you get different, 10 different people going in, you'll have 10 different formats. So consistency in that area, I think, will make it much more efficient for everyone as they're trying to uh, train and promote for product sales. And the list can go on and on. I could sit here for 20 minutes and tell you all the great things that are going on. That's great. Well, yeah, with that, with that extensive list, how would you boil it down to just what, what you would say the, the main mission of the ECIA is? I would say the main mission of the ECIA is to provide an environment for all constituents of the uh, Component Industry Association to have a voice, to have a voice to, to bring together uh, the needs of each one and bubble this up into what will make uh, this industry and um, the constituents of the industry much more efficient, much more aware, and much more ready for the, the changes that are going to happen, which will continue as we see supplier consolidation, as we see distribution consolidation, the macroeconomic environments, how we deal, how companies can expand, 
uh, it's just a great area to uh, gather that knowledge, bounce this off of your, uh, your peers, and also uh, gain insight into how the industry as a whole is trying to move forward in these areas. Yeah, so you mentioned uh, some of the crazy global scenarios right now between the geopolitical issues, the economic uh, uncertainties, certainly our own industry has is, is got its share of uh, struggles right now. As we enter 2020, what would you say is the, the biggest challenge we're facing as an industry? Well, hold on, let me check my phone for the Twitter and I can tell you what's <laughs> happening at that point. No, uh, besides that, look, I think there's obviously there's macroeconomic issues uh, that have to be dealt with that could impact the industry, whether it's the tariffs with China, whether it's the uh, war between Japan and Korea, possible recession in Europe, uh, the slowdown in manufacturing in the Americas. Uh, probably the biggest thing right now is understanding um, the ability to forecast, underst understand where the industry will be six months from now. Uh, there's not very good visibility as far as that is concerned. I think the distributors will tell you that uh, book to bills are low, so the visibility from the end customers is, is, um, is not that good. And so just trying to predict and forecast where we're going to be and then how organizations will right size or grow to try to, to manage that. Um, the other thing I think is uh, China. China's the biggest area for us to, to grow. Uh, the sentiment there is, um, particularly for the American suppliers, is very, very tough for them to uh, continue to work with them and trust that they won't either be put on an entity list or be able to get supply. And also the Chinese are trying to expand their semiconductor uh, capabilities themselves. So there's a number of different uh, things that I think are concerning, but um, probably uh, really that's probably the biggest thing is just while we used to have an ability to forecast these cycles to a varying degree, uh, this cycle seems to have set a new bar and uh, we'll see how the, uh, how this ramps back up with, uh, with new exciting technologies that are coming up that the impact of the microeconomic levels will uh, certainly either dampen that or help grow those, all depending on where this goes. And how do you think the ECA can help navigate these challenges? I think the biggest thing is just really uh, having everybody work together, trying to understand what these challenges really, really are, uh, understanding best practices and, or uh, efficiencies is being put into. You know, one of the great things that I love about it is I can talk to uh, my competitors, uh, but I can also have a good conversation with them without getting into great detail or any kind of other issues and really bounce things back and forth with them, understand what they're trying to do, uh, give them feedback on what we're trying to do. And I think a lot of us walk away with uh, a, a different perspective and sometimes different ideas on, hey, maybe this is a better approach to this. Maybe this is something we should look at uh, as we move forward and try to deal with these overall issues. Great. No, it's very helpful. So Jeff, anything uh, that I haven't asked you that uh, you'd like to comment on? Yeah, you know, uh, the one thing I do want to uh, do is I want to congratulate Dave Doherty for his participation with the ECIA and winning the North Star Award. Uh, I've known Dave ever since his Aero days, which goes way back. Um, and Dave has just been quite a contributor to this organization. His feedback, his honesty, his integrity, his knowledge, uh, and just his, his friendship has been just uh, enormous for this organization. Dave stepped in uh, to become the chair for the ECIA when I was nominated uh, for this because I had to step down due to my involvement with our Fairchild Semiconductor acquisition and integration. Dave stepped in with no problem, did everything that was required to keep the organization going, navigated a lot of different dynamics as far as the uh, industry and our organization was, was going through. 
And overall, Dave's just a, uh, a great human being and uh, congratulate him for this. Dave, I really appreciate your friendship, appreciate your, your business acumen, appreciate our relationship as a supplier and a distributor, and look forward to continuing to work with you in the future here. Congratulations, Dave. Yeah, very well said. Uh, I feel the same way about Dave, and uh, he's going to be a guest uh, with us on this podcast very, very soon. Um, and also, several of our future guests will start to go into a lot more detail on many of these different initiatives that we discussed here today. Okay, good. So, great, Jeff. Well, it's been a lot of fun having you on episode number one, and uh, we look forward to uh, hopefully better times uh, for the whole industry in 2020. Uh, but really appreciate uh, your role as chair of the ECIA and also being our, our very first guest on the ECIA podcast. Well, Bill, thank you very much. I'm, I appreciate being number one and we strive to do that in business. So at least if I can be the first one on the podcast, that's a good thing. Okay. All right. Thank you. And thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you've enjoyed episode one of the channel channel, and we look forward to sharing more content with you in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I would encourage you again to please subscribe to the Channel Channel podcast on iTunes or by visiting ecianow.org. That's all for now.